going to begin there in verse 11 this morning. The title of my message today, or the subject of my message today, is on the great white throne. The great white throne, Revelation chapter 20. We'll begin there in verse 11. The Bible shows us and tells us in Romans chapter 14. Those of you who take notes, I encourage you to jot these things down. Romans chapter 14, verse 12. The Bible says that every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every single one. And when, I, and when the Bible says that every single one of us will give an, give an account of himself to God, that means every single one of us. Does that make sense? That means nobody's exempt. That means everybody, every person uh, will have their day. Every person will stand before the Lord. And the Bible says, and they will give an account of themselves before the God of heaven. And you say, well, what am I, when I give an account of myself, what's that going to be? Well, uh, when we, we're going to go over a few things here this morning that we're going to give you when this is going to happen, what's going to happen here, who's sitting on the throne. We're going to give you a lot of information this morning. And so I encourage you to jot these things down as you get them. That way you can share it with someone else. You ever get to talking about something somewhere or somebody says, well, what happens at the very end? You'll have these things in your Bible or you'll have some notes you can go to and say, hey, you know what? I know exactly what's going to happen, at least as much as what the Bible tells us. And so it'll definitely benefit you and help you in your life. As we talk about the great right throne this morning, I want you to see some things that you need to completely make sure that you understand, that you, that you uh, let it to have a, uh, find a lodging place in your heart because it is so important, it is so important that you make sure that you know what this is all about. Now understand this, we'll go, through, we'll go ahead and hit the first thing, this is who's going to be there? Who's going to be there at this great white throne? Well, number one, if you're saved, you're not going to be there. If you're saved... You're not going to be there. You will be at another judgment, what the Bible calls the Bema Seat or the Judgment Seat of Christ. And that is a judgment for the believers, those that have trusted the Lord Jesus as their Savior. We'll get into that another day. But the great white throne judgment is specifically for folks that have never trusted Christ as their personal Savior. And so everyone who has never accepted Christ as their personal Savior will one day, if they die lost without Christ, they will find themselves one day standing before an almighty God. Now whether or not you stand before the great right throne or whether or not you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, you are, the Bible says that every man will give an account of himself before God. And so you, if, you're at the, uh, if you're at the bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, and hey, praise the Lord, but you're still going to have your day before the Lord. It's going to be a different time, most definitely, but you're still going to have your day before God. The great white throne, in essence, is something completely different. It is a terrible judgment. It is a place where you do not want to find yourself at. You want to make sure without, with, you want to make sure without a shadow of a doubt this morning that you are saved, that you know you're saved, that you know you're on your way to heaven, that you just, you want to make sure today that you just didn't just pray just because somebody said to pray and you didn't have any meaning in your heart, you know. You want to make sure that you just didn't say some words. 
You want to make sure that you ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you and save you because you really meant it from your heart and you put some faith in it and you put some trust in it that you just didn't say some words because somebody told you to say something. But you want to make sure that you are saved, that you know you're saved without a shadow of a doubt that you're saved because the last thing you want to do is die without the Lord Jesus and find yourself in the devil's hell and then just, and, and, and just, and then just to be resurrected on the last day to stand before God and be judged for all your sins. And so the great white throne judgment this morning. The Bible tells us that every man will get an account of himself. An account of himself. Uh, there is a bird called the speckled bird. This bird is a very, uh, very wicked bird, very evil bird. It's a real bird, true bird. This bird is called the speckled bird. You know what this bird does? This bird, what it does is, is... It goes out, it looks for, it doesn't build its own nest. Whenever, what it'll do is, is it'll mate and then it'll look for another nest. And it'll try to find this other nest and if there's babies in that nest, the speckled bird will kill them, will kill them. If there is a mother in that nest with those birds, then that speckled bird will come by, it'll kill the mom and it'll kill all the babies that are in that nest. If it comes by and it sees that there are just eggs there, then what it'll do is it'll push all those eggs out and it'll, hatch its, it'll lay its own eggs there and then it'll leave. Because this bird, it doesn't build its own nest. It doesn't even raise its own youngins. It depends on other birds to do that. Uh, and so it'll lay, its own, it'll lay its own eggs there and it'll leave. It'll be gone. It'll, it'll abandon, completely abandon its eggs. And so what happens is, is when this, this bird comes along this nest, and it finds, these, it finds the mama bird there and it sees the little other birds there. It'll come by because it wants that nest, because it wants to put its own eggs in that nest. It'll come by and completely murder and kill the mama that's there and all those little, all those little birds that are in it and just kick them right out the nest. And what happens is the reason why they call it the speckled bird is because when this bird is pecking to death these other birds, it gets blood up all over its chest. And so it's called the speckled bird. And what does that blood show? That blood is a testimony against it out of what it's been doing and where it's been and what it's been involved in. It is a testimony against itself. And when you stand before the great white throne judgment, if you die lost, if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, that's exactly what's going to happen. Because the Bible says that there are books that are written in heaven. And those books that are in heaven have been written about everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done, everywhere you've ever been, everything you've ever thought. And the Bible says that there's a record and it'll bear witness against you on judgment day. Now let's take a look at what the Bible says about it and let's, let's read. Let's take a look there in verse 11. The Bible says in our text, and the Bible says, And, and I saw a great white throne. And him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Now when does this happen? The judge, this judgment right here happens right before the very end of everything. Right before, right before we have an eternity with the Lord Jesus. And so this happens right after the battle of Gog and Magog, which happens right after the battle of Armageddon and all that stuff. This, this judgment right here is right there close to the very end. Right before eternity with Christ begins for eternity. And so that's when it happens. It's right there close to the very end. Who's going to be there? All those that are lost. And take a look at this throne. 
The Bible says, I saw a great white throne. Now, what does that great symbolize? Now, that great symbolizes, of course, the power of this throne. Now, the one that sits on this throne, the one that sits on this throne is a powerful person. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says that he saw this great white throne. This throne was great. It was big. It was magnificent. It was beautiful. It was the greatest thing that has ever been seen because the greatest God that there ever is sits on that throne. And he said he began to look and he saw this great white throne. It was magnificent. It was beautiful. And it was very large. And and it depicted the power and the judgment of the one who sat upon this throne. The authority of the one that sat upon this throne. Now, we have a court system in our world today, and we, we, say, we think about small claims court and all that kind of stuff. Well, the greatest, the greatest court system we have on this earth today is what we call what? The superior court. Well, there's no greater court than the great white throne judgment. There's no greater court than that. There is no higher throne. There is no greater throne than the throne of him who sits on that throne. And so we see the Lord Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is sitting on this great white throne. And it symbolizes his power. It symbolizes his authority. And it symbolizes everything who he is because he is great. The Bible also shows us it is a white throne. It is a white throne. What does the white throne suggest and show us? It, it shows us, it depicts his holiness. It depicts his purity. It depicts his righteousness. And so the throne gives us an illustration of the one that sits on that throne because God is great. He is, he is the greatest of all that there is and he is holy and he is righteous and he is pure. And so that throne symbolizes who the one is that sits on that throne. And so it is white and it is shining, and it's glorious, it's wondrous and magnificent. And God, the Son of God, is sitting on that throne. And then we see the word throne there, and what does that show? Well, that shows kingship. A throne, uh, kings sit on thrones. And what does the Bible say that the Lord Jesus is? The Bible says he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. He's not just a king or any king, but he is the king. And so the throne symbolizes how great he is, how pure he is, how holy and righteous that he is, and he also sits on that throne that shows that he is the king. He is the king of the universe. He is the king of the world. He is the king of all that there is, but he's also not just a king. He's also there as the judge. He's there as the judge. And he's there as the holy judge. And he's there as the righteous judge. And he is there as a judge that will, that will bring justification to what he is about to judge. And so as we take a look at our text, we see right here the Bible says, the Bible says, I saw a great right throne and him, that is the Lord Jesus, him, that is Christ himself. John 5, uh, John chapter 5 and verse 22, the Bible says, Jesus said that God, that, that God the Father has committed all judgment unto the Son. And so the ones, and so the, the Jesus that everybody rejected, the Jesus that everybody turned away, that Jesus right there will be the one that sits on that throne and he will look at you on that day if you die lost without Christ and he will, and the one that you rejected will be the one that judges you on that day the one that you rejected will be the one that judges you on that day and so the Bible says there in the text I saw a great white throne and him the Lord Jesus that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away 
That also shows his power. That also shows his authority. But we also see here, the Bible says that from his face, the earth and the heavens fled away. What do we know one thing about Jesus is that, is that we see that in heaven, the Bible says there's no need of the sun for the glory of the Lord does light in it. We also saw that whenever we went through vacation Bible school that, that the Lord Jesus, that, that, he, that he shines brighter than the sun, that as bright as lightning. Think about this. You ever been, you ever got up in the morning, you're driving down the road and it was a real foggy morning, early in the morning. But then as, as the sun starts coming up and it gets bright and it gets hot, what does it do to all that fog? Dissolves it and pushes it away. Well, that's kind of the idea is that we see that whenever, when, when Jesus is sitting on the throne, nothing's going to be able to stand before it. No one, nature itself, the, the universe itself cannot even stand before the awesomeness and the power and the magnificence of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so the Bible shows us here, the earth and the heavens, they flee away. And the Bible says, and there was found no place for them. He's getting ready to do something great, getting ready to do something new. You see that uh, over in uh, chapter 21. Uh, but we ain't got time for that, but look at it. He says there in verse 12, and he says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. He said, I saw the dead, the small and the great. Well, who is that? If he says, I saw the dead, then who is the dead? Well, the dead is those that are lost. Because when you get saved, the Bible says you pass from death unto what? You pass from death unto life. When you get saved, because he is eternal life, you now, when you get saved, you now have eternal life living and dwelling inside of you. And so now that you are saved, now that you are saved and, and you have eternal life, you're not considered dead because you have life. Because you have life. And the Bible says that he, uh, he that gets saved, that he, that he has life. And, and the Lord wants you to have abundantly. But he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And so the Bible shows us here at this judgment that the dead are standing before him. So what happens? We say, well, God, he resurrects the dead from where they are. And where are they at? Of course, they are, uh, they're, 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 their souls are in hell. Their souls are in hell, and so before this great white throne judgment, what does God do? He, re he brings them out of hell itself, out of the flames, out of the fire, on that judgment, and, and, and God is sitting there on his throne. The Lord Jesus is there. He brings them up out of hell itself, and they stand before God to be judged. Stand before God to be judged. And the Bible says he saw the dead, the small and the great. Well, who is the small and who is the great? Well, that's, uh, that's all. That's, that's the folks that nobody knew of, and then that's also the folks that everybody knew. Does that make sense? He saw the dead, the small and the great. He saw those people that nobody ever knew their name. But he also saw people, well, everybody knew their name. And there'll probably be people there, they'll be surprised. Man, I never would have thought he would have been here. I never would have thought she would have been here. And there they are. And there they are standing before a great white throne, getting ready to be judged for all of their sins. The Bible says the small. He said he saw, he saw the dead, the small and the great. The small, just ordinary, just ordinary folks. Just ordinary folks, just like you and me. Ordinary, uh, just, just folks like the person that's right across the street. The person that when you pull out your driveway and you wave at them in the mornings. Or when you come home, you see them driving down the road and you pull in your driveway and you see them over there and they're mowing their yard. And you get out the car and you look and you wave. Those people. 
Just average everyday people. People that you're waving at. People that got a smile on their face. But they don't know Christ. They don't know Christ. And they're going to die. If they don't know Christ and, 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 and nobody tells them, then they're going to die and they're going to go to a devil's hell. And one of these days they're going to stand before a great white throne. So you say, who's going to be there? Well, the dead are going to be there. But not only are the dead going to be there, but the angels of heaven are going to be there. The angels of heaven are going to be there. Not only the angels of heaven are going to be there, not only the dead are going to be there, but you're going to be there watching. You're going to be there watching. You're going to see this whole thing take place. You're going to see that neighbor across the street that you never went over and talked to about the Lord and they died lost. You're going to see that person that, that, that you used to wave at every morning on your way to work or you're going to see those folks that are at your work. You're going to see folks that maybe were, that went to the same church that you went to, heard the same preaching, sang in the choir, taught a Sunday school class, maybe even preachers that preached from the pulpit themselves that just preached but never really trusted Christ themselves. And they're going to be there. And you're going to see them. You're going to be back and every, the angels of heaven are all going to be around and you're going to be around and everybody's going to see this great throne and everybody's going to see these folks being pulled up out of hell to stand before this great white throne. What a sight. Who else is going to be there? The Bible says the small. Who, who, who is the small? As we said, the small is just that everyday person, you know, this, this, just like you and me, but also not only that, but it's that busy person. That person that said, you know what, I'll get saved tomorrow. I'll go to church tomorrow. I'll get my life right tomorrow. You know, let me get my life right, and then I'll get in church. Listen, you got it backwards. You come to church to help you get your life right. Does that make sense? Listen, you don't, you don't say, well, I'll get my life right, and then I'll get back. You're doing completely opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Listen, you come to church to help get your life right, so when you go out there, you can fight off all that stuff. Yes, but you're going to see all those people that said, you know what, when I, get my, when I get myself together, listen, if you wait for you to get yourself together, you'll die and go to hell because that'll probably never happen. If you're trying to wait for some glorious moment where you get yourself together, listen, none of us have arrived. We're all a work in progress, amen? And if you're waiting for that perfect moment where you just got everything together, then you'll die lost. I remember one of the things when Amy, when Amy and I, we got married, uh, one of the things that her, or her pap told us, said, don't wait till you say I've got enough money before you have kids because you'll never have it. Yeah. We got kids and we still don't have all the money we need. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. God's good. But you know what I mean. Listen, if you try to wait for you, you get yourself together, <laughs> that's just the devil's way of doing this. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. Oh, just, man, it, like you're really going to die today. I mean, look how young you are. You're in perfect, complete health. I mean, why in the world even worry about all that church stuff? I mean, those people are crazy down there anyway. I mean, they're a bunch of hypocrites down there. And like we always say, they're at Walmart, but it didn't keep you from going. Amen. Hypocrites are at Walmart, didn't keep you from going. That's exactly right. Listen, that's just the devil's way of giving you an excuse not to do what God wants you to do. And you have to decide within yourself that I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm going to do what God said to do. Because listen, if you keep putting it off and you keep putting it off and you keep putting it off, you will die lost. You will die without Christ and you will stand before this great white throne. And as you stand there, you will see all the angels of heaven. You will look and you'll see that great white throne and, and you'll see the Lord Jesus sitting on it and, his, and he will be shining like the sun. And the Bible says his eyes is a flame of fire that looks into your soul and you will see him sitting on that throne. And all the angels of heaven all around and all the believers, everybody, everybody else back behind there. Surrounding the throne.
And you'll be looking at it. And it'll just be between you and God. It won't be between you and your neighbor or you and those, those people that you knew. It'll be between you and God. And God will be talking to you. And the Lord Jesus is going to be talking to you. And he'll be, he'll be asking you about the things that you've done in your life. And the Bible shows us here. The Bible shows us here. In verse 12, I saw the dead, the small and the great. And so we see the lost crowd's going to be there. We see the busy crowd's going to be there. I just ain't got time. I'm just too busy. You know, we just, we just ain't got time for this. The poor crowd's going to be there. The rich crowd's going to be there. You're going to see the political crowd's going to be there. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of people there. Not only that, but you'll find a great religious crowd that'll be there. A great religious crowd that will be there. You can jot this down, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, the Bible says that on that day, in the book of Matthew, the Bible says that on that day, he said, there will be many that come and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many wonderful things in thy name? I mean, haven't we, we cast out demons and haven't we done, we done all these great works and, and, and we've done it all in your name and, 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 and they called him, Jesus said they called him Lord. And they've done all these things, all these great works. And the Bible says that Jesus will look at them and he'll say, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. That's the key. He says, I never knew you. That shows that they were never really saved. They were just going through the motions. They were just coming to church. It was a religious crowd just, just participating in, in rituals. And listen, there, there are folks out there that think just participating in rituals is going to get them to heaven. What, was a, what, what, would, be, what would we think of as a, a ritual of gospel-like, you know, or a ritual of take, taking part in the ordinances, taking part in the, the Holy Communion, you know. Just because you take part in the communion don't mean you're going to be saved. Listen, you don't, you don't need to take part in unless you are saved. But just because you do it doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. Listen, just because you get up there and you get baptized doesn't mean you're okay. Doesn't mean you're on your way to heaven if you've never trusted Christ. All you did was go down in water. All you did was, all you did was stand, up, stand up dry and go in and come out wet. That's all you did. All you did was come up a wet, lost sinner. That's all you did. Listen, it's all about what you put your faith in and what you're putting your trust in. The Bible says there'll be a lot of folks, religious folks, that are up in heaven and they're going to be saying, Lord, Lord. How many folks are going to be at the great white throne judgment and they're going to be saying, Lord, we, God, we've we, God, we done this and Lord, we've done that and we've done this in your name and we've done this in your name and Jesus says, yeah, but I, ne I don't even know who you are. Because listen, when you get saved, the Bible says your name gets written in that Lamb's book of life. And when your name gets written in that Lamb's book of life, that's your spiritual birth certificate. You ever had one of them, a birth certificate? Look, when you get saved and your name gets written in Lamb's Book of Life, that's like your spiritual birth certificate. And God knows who you are. He knew who you were before then, but now he knows you as a son or a daughter. Does that make sense? That's exactly right. And so there will be a religious crowd there. There will be a busy crowd there. Those folks that said, I ain't got time and, and all of that stuff. There will be poor people there. There will be rich people there. There will be all kinds of people that held prominent positions there. And there will be all kinds of folks that, there will be all kinds of folks that, you, that were lost, that died lost in, in sin, the drug addicts and, uh, and all those folks, the drunkards, all those people that died without Christ. 
they'll all be there too. The Bible shows us here, I saw the dead, small and the great. So now we see, we understand who the dead are. We understand where this is taking place. We understand when this is taking place. We understand who's going to be there. And the Bible says they stood before God. And the Bible says, watch this, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their what? To their works. According to the works. Because listen, when you're lost, when you're lost, there's a record kept in heaven of everything you've ever done. Imagine that. A record kept in heaven of everything that you've ever done. Now, whenever you get in trouble here and you go to jail or something like that, what do you end up having? A record. And what does that record show? That record shows they can go back and look at that record and they can show what you have done, when you've done it, and what you are guilty of. Well, there is a record in heaven. There are books that are in heaven. A record in heaven of everything that you've ever done. Everything you've ever said. Everything you've ever said. Everything you've ever done. Everything you've ever thought. Every work. Every work. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke. The Bible tells us. You can jot this down. Jot this verse down. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 8 verse 17. That all sin. That all sin will be made manifest. That all those things that were hidden. All those things that were, that were in the dark, the Bible says it'll be shouted. It's like from the rooftop. And as you stand before God and they open up the books and the judge is on his throne and he, and he stands there and they, and they open up the books and they open up the book of life and, and you got the Lamb's book of life and they open up all these books of all the things that everybody's ever done and they come to your name. And here is your name. And here's the record of all the things you've ever done. And they flip a page. And they flip another page. And they flip another page. And they just keep flipping pages. Because you have to give an account of everything you've ever said. Everything you've ever done. The Bible says that man will give account of every idle word that he speaks. Makes you not want to talk so much. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth so you listen twice as much as you speak. That's exactly right. Every idle word the Bible says, you will give an account of everything you've ever said. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, that all those secrets, all those secrets that you have in your life, you know those things that you don't want nobody to know about? Those skeletons in that closet. Well, one day, that thing's going to bust open. One day, that thing's going to bust open. And the Bible says that on that judgment day, if you are lost and you don't know Christ is your Savior, you will give an account of every idle word that you've ever spoken. But not only that, all those secret things, all those things that you kept in the closets, all those things that you hid away from everybody else that nobody ever even knows all those bones are going to fall out those closets on judgment day. All those skeletons are going to come walking out. And you think to yourself, man, if I'm, am I here today? Do I really know Christ as my personal Savior? Listen, because if you don't, all those skeletons are going to come out. 
The Bible says that God's going to look at the books. He's going to look at the books that are up there. He's going to look at all these things that was ever written about you, all the things that nobody on this, on, on this earth even knew anything about, and he's going to go over this stuff, and you're going to be judged for every single one. So oh, I ain't worried about that. <laughs> well, it's easy not to be worried about it when you're not there. But the day's coming, and it could be here sooner than you think. Now listen, if you die today without Christ, you're going to die and go to hell. But listen, that's, that's not technically judgment day, but that's a bad day. And you die and you go to hell today because you don't know Jesus. And then when the only relief, if you even want to call it that, is that moment when God pulls you up out of hell to stand before the throne to be judged for all your sins. And then you know what happens after that? Take a look. at. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says the book of life and the dead which were in those things were written in the books according to their works. They were judged. And the Bible says and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And so when God sits on his throne, he pulls all those folks that died and went to hell, he pulls all them up. The Bible says the sea, the dead that were in the sea. Listen, it don't matter how long you've been dead. God can gather up the dust of your bones just like that. He knows exactly where your body is and how to put it together. He made Adam out of dust anyway. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. And he knows where your soul is and he'll pull your soul up out of hell and he'll match it to your body and you'll stand before an almighty God and you'll get judged. And the Bible says there in the text, the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works. See, preacher, what do I need to do today? You need to make sure you're saved. You need to make sure you're on your way to heaven. You say, oh, well, preacher, I got time. Listen, you don't know how much time you have. The Bible says your life is like a vapor. It appears for a little time, and then it's gone. Just like that. Even if you live to be 100 years old, that's just a drop in the bucket compared to an eternity. Amen? Yeah. So don't you think you've got enough time? Don't you think that it'll be all right? Don't you listen to the lie of the devil that says, oh, you don't want to go down to that. You're too busy for all that. I mean, how much more can you fit into your life? Listen, if you can't fit God into your life, you're too busy. If you can't fit the church into your life, you're too busy. Amen? Yeah. But listen, it's easy to get busy, right? How many of us are busy? Let's honestly admit it. How many of us are busy? All of us. We're all busy. Oh, I don't know if I can fit anything else in. I mean, I got this, and I got this, and I got this. Sometimes there just gets a point we have to start cutting stuff out. Amen. Amen. You got to start cutting stuff out. And if it means you got to cut out some things so that you can spend time with God, then by all means, you need to make sure you do that. That you spend time with God, that you spend time with your church, and, and that you spend time reading your Bible, and that you spend time praying. You got to make time for these things. Bible says here in our text, there in verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So the Bible says if your name was not found written there in that book, in the book of life, 
And the Bible says that you are cast into the lake of fire. Because the lake of fire is the last place that those that are lost will go to. Because you see, hell, when you die lost today, hell is that temporary place that is just holding you until the great day. And then on that great day of judgment, God pulls you up out of hell, you get judged, and then you get cast into the lake of fire. If I could Josh come up here for a second, if he wouldn't mind helping me out here for a minute. Cast into the lake of fire. We was talking about it in Sunday school this morning. We was talking about Sunday school this morning that whenever God judges us, when God judges us, He's going to judge us, I guarantee you, with sorrow because God said He's not willing that any should perish but that all should go to repentance, that everyone should repent. God's not going to take any pleasure in throwing people in hell. How many of you would say, that Josh is bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. Now, Josh, he's a big man. Now, you think about this. The angels of heaven, how mighty and glorious they are. Now, you see me and Josh standing here side by side. He's a big guy, and you can see our difference. But you see, what you don't see, you don't see right now at this moment, is how big God is how great God is and what he looks like himself. And when you see him for the first time, just like we talked about in Sunday school this morning, it's going to blow your mind and how awesome and how great he really is. And when you stand before him, your mind right now this morning cannot even fathom how great God is and what he looks like and how big he is. Just like your mind cannot fathom how bad hell is. Now, we can write about it, and we can talk about it, and we can sing songs about it, but our, we are a visual people. We're a visual people. And whenever we see things, we make comparisons. And Josh right here, he is a big guy. I remember we went to a revival one day. Josh was walking beside of me on one side, and I had J.H., another friend of mine, walking on the other side, and both of them are real big guys, tall, big guys. Mm -hmm. And I was right here in the middle of them. We was just walking through, and the preacher walked up to me, and he said, man, he said, you come to every revival meeting with your bodyguards? <laughs> I said, hey, when you're an independent Baptist preacher, you've got to be prepared for anything. Amen. Yeah, enjoyed that time together. But Josh, man, what a great representation of a, of a mighty angel. But there are angels that are bigger than him. Now, Josh, he's a strong guy. And you know what those angels are going to do? The Bible says that they're going to cast you into the lake of fire. Now, I'm sure Josh can probably throw me a little ways, but I'd rather him not do that to me this morning. <laughs> but I'm sure he could probably throw me a good ways because of his strength. The Bible says that when you stand before God, you can go sit down now. I don't mean to embarrass you too much. <laughs> but the Bible says that whenever you stand before God, that the angels, we see that you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. And so you're going to be there and God's going to be on his throne and he's going to be reading all this stuff out. And what are you going to do? You're going to do the same thing we all do. We're going to try to make an excuse for ourselves. Right? How many have ever made an excuse for yourself? Yeah, all of us have. 
And we're going to do everything we can to make an excuse for ourselves. And God's going to be on his throne. And he's going to be judging us according to the things that are in his book. And we're going to be there and we're going to be saying, Oh God, I'm sorry. Listen, if you'd only know where I was at and, and what I grew up in. And, and Lord, if you'd, if you'd only known what I had to deal with. And, and God, who, where I, who, who, all these. And we're going to be making up all kinds of excuses. And, we're going, and God's going to be sitting on his throne. And he's going to be looking at us. And you know what? All your excuses are going to fall flat to the ground. There will be no excuse. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, that every man will be judged. It talks about how, they'll be, and the, the, how the loss will be there, and they will be without an excuse. Without an excuse. But we're going to try to give up everyone we can. I mean, we're going to be thinking of stuff. I mean, we're going to have stuff coming from everywhere. Why? Because we're scared. Because we're afraid. Because we know where we're going. And we see all the mighty angels of, of God sitting around. And we see the Lord Jesus sitting on the throne. And as we're looking at him, we know, man, I, I wish I should have got saved whenever I had that opportunity. I should have repented of my sins. I should have got my life right. I should have I should have knew that all these other things were more important. But I thought about myself. All I was concerned about was living my own life, going my own way, doing what I I wanted to do, then all of a sudden, bam, when you least expected it, you died. Because listen, everybody that dies, everybody that dies has unfinished business. Things that they wish they would have done. Things that they weren't finished with yet. And don't let, get, don't let getting saved be one of those things that is on your list of things that you wish you would have done. Because when you get there before God and you're standing before the Lord Jesus, there will be no more excuses. There is no second chances. You're going to be looking at the lake of fire over there. You're going to see the angels of God sitting around. You're going to see people chunked, cast alive into the lake of fire. And you're going to be standing there and you're going to be doing everything you can, pleading and begging and saying all kinds of stuff so that you don't have to go. And nothing you say Nothing you say is going to be good enough. But I guarantee you with a tear in God's eye, he'll say, depart from me. You worker of iniquity as I never knew you. And how God longs to get to know you this morning. Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And you don't have to go to hell this morning. And you can choose and decide today to live a different life. But nobody can do it for you. So as we get ready to close this morning, you see when this is going to happen. It's going to happen at the very end, right before eternity. You see who's going to be there. The dead will be judged. The angels of God will be around. God's people in the background watching. You're going to see the demons of hell stand before God and get judged. And you're also going to see the devil himself stand before God, stand before the Lord on his knees declaring that Jesus is Lord. The one that has wreaked so much havoc and caused so much destruction. 
The one that has tore down churches and broken down homes and, and broken down people over all the ages. The one responsible for all of it as he gets on his knees before God and declares him as Lord. And then the devil himself and the demons of hell cast into the lake of fire. Wow. What a time. What a moment. And you don't have to go. There's a lot of folks, everybody in hell this morning wishes they had your opportunity to sit right here where you are at. They wish they can come back. But it's over. It's not over for you yet. So you need to make sure today before you leave that you got everything worked out. That you know you're saved. That you know you're saved. Let's pray.